Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Steve Rao, and I serve as an elder in our congregation. Let us now prepare our hearts for, our wor for worship as we bow our heads for the prayer of invocation. Lord, open unto us. Open unto us light for our darkness. Open unto us courage for our fear. Open unto us hope for our despair. Open unto us peace for our turmoil. Open unto us joy for our sorrow. Open unto us strength for our weakness. Open unto us wisdom for our confusion. Open unto us forgiveness for our sins. Open unto us love for our hates. Open unto us thyself for ourselves. Lord, Lord, open unto us. Amen. Let us praise God through our worship.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you shall live. Let us worship God. Like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one of us to our own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. With this truth and with this assurance, 
Let us go to God with our corporate prayer of confession. Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us amend what we are and direct what we shall be so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor requite us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. people of faith, let us say what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's now take a moment to greet one another.
Happy July 4th. Good morning. It's so good to see you today. I don't get the off, you know, about every seven years I get to say happy 4th of July. Uh, so we got to take advantage of that. And I see this. Many of you got the memo on the red, white, and blue. Yes, good job. Those of you who did get the memo, but you forgot about it. But anyway, we're glad that you are here and that we get to celebrate the 4th of July together. What a wonderful thing. And uh, we invite you afterwards. Kathy Robinette has got a little patriotic display out there of uh, red, white, and blue cupcakes. Yes. I know that's on all of your diets, so, uh, and that's the first thing you always think of when you think of brunch is red, white, and blue cupcakes. So we hope that you will join us afterward for a little time under the tree. I think the weather will cooperate and we'll have a, a good time out there as we rejoice in uh, the, uh, the liberty that we enjoy as a country and the liberty we have to follow our own faith as Presbyterians. We are grateful also that we give our uh, children's ministry staff a little break today, and so the uh, kids will, are invited to remain here. No impact kids today. Uh, you'll be returned to that next Sunday. Uh, we encourage you, if you want an activity bag, I think some are available back in the narthex, so feel free if you have a child that would like to have a little something to do while the pastor drones on in his sermon. Um, <laughs> Feel free to go get an activity bag uh, back there. Our campus is closed tomorrow on July the 5th. That's the, that's the time where we get to celebrate the holiday. And uh, you may want to be checking in with the website as well as with, uh, uh, by calling the church office to find out if there are any, any updates regarding how our office will function during this little tropical system that's making its way uh, up the coast. We don't know, we don't think it's going to be a problem, but we, uh, we want you to be aware of any adjustments we make uh, to our schedule this coming week. Uh, I think we are the only church in America that offers table tennis scholarships. Um, <laughs> so you might want to take a look at that announcement in your bulletin. Somebody quite generously would like to get more kids involved in, uh, in, in playing ping pong. So we would love for you to check that out. If you'd like to take advantage of that, please uh, let us know by calling the church office or calling Susan Neisler, and I think maybe she knows something about that as well. Uh, many of you are aware that uh, uh, Dr. Rada has been a bit under the weather over the course of the last uh, few weeks. He was in the hospital regarding some symptoms relative to congestive heart failure. He's home now and he's recovering and slowly gaining his strength, uh, but he may not be with us for the next couple of Sundays. So we wanted to let you know why he was absent and that he wasn't taking a, a full month's vacation. So, uh, but keep Alan in your prayers and Judy as well. And uh, we are a little short staffed this day. Uh, many are off on July 4th vacation, which we're grateful they're doing, which gives me an occasion to invite uh, my dear friend Stuart Broberg. Uh, Stuart Broberg and I started seminary together, yeah, six years ago, and uh, <laughs> actually 41 years ago we started seminary together and we have been friends uh, ever since. And Stuart has moved to Sarasota and uh, is retired. Stuart is much older than I am, so... Um, <laughs> But uh, Stuart is here, and he uh, graciously offered at any time I needed some help uh, to invite him. And so I have, and he'll be in worship with us today, and maybe from time to time, as well as perhaps stopping in the hospital if we get, again, a little bit short-staffed and making some visits. So would you please welcome Stuart to our ministry today? 
Stewart has served churches in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Iowa, Washington, D.C. He's been all over the map, and he brings a great deal of wisdom and a great uh, friendship for me as well. So let's continue our worship by uh, receiving our time of gratitude. We will be in these moments of reflection during music. We, cause you, we invite you to remember uh, our gratitude for what we have as a country and our response to what God has done for us. Of course, we have the baskets that are available for you in the, at the doors on your way out. We're not passing the plate yet at this stage of the game. And uh, also we encourage you to give online and the options for that are at the end of your, at the back page of your bulletin. So let's continue our worship.
such a blessing to be here today, and I was going to say, and uh, to be able to serve with my oldest and dearest friend in ministry, but I'll say my most long-standing one, and it is gratitude that we bring to this moment. Uh, let us enter into the presence of God. Let us pray. A great God, on this 4th of July Sunday, we are grateful for so many things all of the manifold blessings that you so richly bless us and so abundantly today. And we are grateful for uh, small things which, Father, are not really small things of greeting friends during the passing of the peace, of gathering under a beautiful spreading tree in fellowship, of smiling at one another and seeing them smile back because we are not wearing masks, of being able to praise you in worship and sing hymns in gratitude to you today. So, Lord, take all of these things and our gratitude and our gifts. We offer them up to you in the strong and the powerful name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Well, the image on the front of your bulletin is not one of our stained glass windows. Um, strangely enough, we do not have a stained glass window in the chapel that uh, fits with July the 4th. And so we thought we would take uh, this week and um, reflect on the theme of July the 4th and our freedom. And so as you can imagine, when you hear this next story, what that image on the front of your bulletin is about. So we'll be looking at Exodus chapter 32, verses 1 through 14, and then follow that with three verses from Paul's letter to the Galatians. Hear the word of God. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us, and who shall go before us? As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on your ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron, and he took the gold from them, formed them in a, in a mold, and cast an image of a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. 
When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. And they rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once, your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone so that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them and of you. I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord as God and said, O oh Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, oh, it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath, change your mind. Do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven, and all this land that I promised I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. And then from Galatians chapter 5. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name. Amen. One of the hardest and most life-changing and most fruitful years of my life came when I agreed to be the director of a freshman men's dormitory at my college. I am not sure what the dean of students was thinking when he offered me the opportunity to be in charge of 128 freshman men, and I'm not sure what I was thinking when I agreed. This was back in the dark ages when college students like myself, then only a junior, were given the responsibility to shepherd a building full of fellow undergraduates. And in this case, 10 dozen young men who were experiencing freedom for the first time. It's a big leap when an 18-year-old is dropped off of college and away from the watchful eyes of mom and dad. He or she can pretty much do whatever they want, and for the most part, they pretty much do. And on top of it, the summer before these freshmen arrived featured the release of the movie Animal House. <laughs> you can only imagine what this Hollywood classic put into the minds of these young men itching to be let loose. 
My staff and I, over the ensuing nine months, got to watch these men move in a thousand different directions. Some went to the library every night to study. Others went to the fraternity house every night to drink. Some found ways to test the college policies on drugs, on women in their room, on respecting other people's property. At this quiet little Presbyterian college, I got to learn about attempted suicides, assault and battery, U.S. felonies, bullying, runs to the emergency room, warring roommates, alcohol poisoning, and that's just the start. I learned a lot that year about human behavior. I learned a lot about myself. And I learned that I did not want to make Student Services Administration my career. And I also learned something about freedom. Freedom is a precious gift with which we are endowed by our Creator. And an unfamiliar freedom can lead us down dangerous paths. In William Golding's haunting tale, Lord of the Flies, a book I suppose many of us were required to read somewhere back in high school or college, he tells the dystopian tale of a group of young boys whose plane, evidently escaping the threats of war, crashes on a deserted island. Those that survive the crash are left to fend for themselves without the aid of adult supervision. At first, the boys begin to set up some rules for how they're going to order themselves while they wait for help, and all for one and one for all, and they determine their priorities around their survival and they set off to do things that they've agreed to do together but it doesn't take long for the group to pull apart disagreement amidst rivals leads to conflict the boys pick up sides become enemies grow afraid not only of their future but of each other and in the end any semblance of civilization they brought to the island has turned to savagery they turn on themselves not unlike the adult war they have been escaping in the first place. And at one point, the boys are talking about an imagined beast that's lurking in the woods, and one of the boys says, maybe the beast is us. An unfamiliar freedom can be a dangerous thing. And maybe that's what's unfolded in the sandy Sinai after the people of Israel have been led away from their Egyptian captors, escaping across the sea, and, now, and only now to be left on their own to journey across to the promised land. Now they can do whatever they want. Now they can be whatever they wanted to be. Now they could take destiny into their own hands, but an unfamiliar freedom can be a dangerous thing, as Moses learned when he left them for a time to go up the mountain to receive the law of God. They, they were free to do whatever they wanted. No prophet, no dorm director to get in their way. And so before you know it, they take advantage of their freedom, and out of it they make for themselves a god of their own devising, the golden calf, this voiceless, lifeless god that lets them do whatever they want, lets them free to eat, drink, and be merry. This God that gives no thought beyond what they are thinking. This idol that gives them freedom, but only for freedom's sake. And freedom for freedom's sake makes us captors of ourselves. Bound to our own devising, bound to our own fears, bound to our own insecurities. Freedom for freedom's sake has us wandering in the wilderness one thing to talk about freedom from, freedom from Pharaoh, freedom from slavery, freedom from Egypt. But freedom just for freedom's sake is a dangerous thing. They knew what they were free from. 
but they didn't know what they were free for. When a young couple come together before God and before others in marriage, they are freely giving themselves to each other. They are freely binding themselves to each other. And in their binding, they are most free. Free from the captivity to their own selfish desires. Free from their aloneness. Free from their wandering. Free from their fear. They are free for each other. Elton Trueblood, the great 20th century Quaker, said, we have not advanced very far in our spiritual lives if we have not encountered the basic paradox of freedom, that we are most free when we are most bound. Makes me think of the time when in elementary school our teacher had scheduled a part of the day to serve as a review for the test that she was going to give us the following day. She had seen some of us were struggling and had graciously given up a part of the afternoon to go over with the class what was going to be on the test, except that we as a class didn't quite appreciate it. Our behavior showed it, talking, goofing around, chewing gum, you name it. And finally she had had it and she said, that's it, that's it, you win. For the next two hours, you do whatever you want. Talk right on the board, play games, chew gum, I don't care. You can do whatever you want. But just so you know, there's a test tomorrow. So, of course, the next two hours was Lord of the Flies. Every kid out for themselves, and after a while of reverie, I looked up and noticed in the corner of the room a small group of kids, two or three, huddled up there with the teacher going over what was going to be on the test the next day. What a waste of freedom, I thought. As I returned to my reverie, I thought less so the next day when the test got handed out. We are most free when we are bound. Story is told of President William Few of Duke University, Duke's first president, walking across the campus on a very rainy Sunday morning, and friends of him saw him walking and stopped to offer him a ride, and in doing so asked where he was going on such a rainy morning. Oh, to chapel, he said. Well, why in heaven's name on this rainy, blustery morning would you decide to go to church? I didn't, he responded. I decided 55 years ago to go to church, and it's been easy ever since. We are most free when we are bound. Which of course is the amazing thing that dawns upon us when we turn our sights toward this table. This table where Jesus breaks the bread and pours the cup and says that this is his body broken for you and me and this is his blood shed for you and me. And we see that Jesus is exercising his freedom. Jesus is doing this of his own will. Jesus is binding himself to us. You know, Jesus, you don't have to do this. You know, Jesus, you are free to do whatever you want. You are free even to rid yourselves of us. You are free to leave us to our own devices, abandon us to the chaos of our own desires, leave us wandering in the wilderness, building our own golden calves. Jesus takes bread and breaks it, takes the cup, and lifts it and says that freedom is not freedom from. Freedom is freedom for. And God in Christ is for us. God in Christ is bound to us. When the chief priests and the scribes laugh and deride at the foot of the cross and say, come on, Jesus, exercise your freedom. 
You really don't have to be up there. Jump down. Make it about you. The unconditional love of Jesus keeps his arms outstretched and says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Hold on to them, Father, and don't let them go. God freely chose, wrote Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the 20th century martyr, God freely chose to be bound to historical human beings and to be placed at their disposal. God is free not from us, he writes, but God is free for us. Stunning, isn't it, that Moses teaches God something in the wilderness? That God has been more captive to his wrath and that God is most free when God is bound to his people. So what might this mean for us American Christians who with great pride and joy celebrate our independence on this July 4th? We do well to remember what we have been freed from, freed from tyranny, freed from oppression, freed from the sovereign rights of kings, freed from taxation without representation, freedom from government, suppression of speech, suppression of voting, suppression of religion. And that's what the fireworks will be about or have been about if you live in my neighborhood. But we who gather at this table have an even greater truth to celebrate and that is our freedom that God is not free from human beings God is free for them and God is most free when God is bound to us and you and me are we not most free when we are bound to Christ and in being bound to Christ then bound to each other Love God, Jesus says, and love neighbor. You were called to freedom, writes the apostle. Only do not use your freedom for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. Slaves. Slaves to one another? Is that what freedom is? Well, of course it is. And it makes me think of Mr. Walney. Mr. Walney was my driver's ed teacher. Mr. Walney was the guy who took his life in his own hands and sat in the front seat of the car while I took the steering wheel in my hands for the first time. God bless Mr. Walney. His life was bound to me and I was bound to him. And so at the end of the course, when Mr. Walney was giving us his last bits of wisdom for us soon to be unleashed drivers, he said, you know, soon, your mom or your dad is going to hand you the keys to the car and you're going to think that you're the master of the road, that the highway is your playground. Well, let me tell you a secret, Mr. Walney said. You're not the master of the road. You are the servant of the road. And as soon as you start that car, you are responsible for everybody else on the road and everybody in your car. Your job is to make sure to take care of everybody else. I will never forget Mr. Walney saying that. So don't you think on this July 4th that it would do us well to think of what unique thing we brothers and sisters in Christ bring to the American experiment.
that amidst all the debates and all the polarities and all the court decisions and all the rallies and all the social media and all the cable talking heads and all the arguments about what we are free from. Don't you wonder if what we get to do, brothers and sisters, is to be free for something to take care of everybody else on the road. You were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For we are most free when we are bound. one of the great acts of our freedom is to respond to the invitation that our Lord and Savior freely extends to us to come to this table and to find here the North Star, to find here the center of the universe, to find here the one to which we would freely bind ourselves who has through his life and death and resurrection bound himself to us. So come and find here the gifts of grace and mercy, the food of forgiveness and love, and know 
that we are most free when we are most in communion with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I have received with the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take and eat, for this is my body broken for you. When you eat of this, remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. When you drink it, remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again, and he will come again. Let us pray. We rejoice, O oh Lord, that we have a place. We have a welcome place to come. We have a place where we are accepted for who we are. We have a place where we can be open to your Holy Spirit, who seeks to make us more of what you wish us to be. O oh Lord, we pray that we may be intimately aware of your presence in this meal that we may know the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and that we may be filled with that Spirit such that we would become your people who are not just free from, but free for, and that we might be free for one another and free for the world you died to save. So Lord, join us at this table that we may be aware, O oh God, of how much you love us and how much through us you wish to love the world. All this we pray in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You have received communion elements on your way in. We invite you to remove those and partake of the bread first and then the cup as we commune together and are aware of Christ's presence with us. Following communion, we invite you to put it back in the, in the bag and take it home with you. Thank you.
Let us enter into the presence of God. Let us pray. Great God, we praise you and we thank you for your presence in this sacrament. We thank you, Father, that when we are free in your Son, Jesus, we are free indeed. And Father, we are freed from the bondages of this world and every altar to idolatry and golden calf. Father, we thank you that in him we have freedom from fear, a peace which passeth all understanding, and in your Son, Jesus, life and new life, an abundant life and eternal life. Father, on this 4th of July Sunday, we praise you and we thank you because we know that every blessing comes from you. Blessings of vaccines, of people willing to place their lives on the line for us, of nurses and doctors and respiratory therapists, of the person who works in the post office, the cashier at Walmart, of our compassionate neighbors and friends. And so it is in these moments and on this Sunday, we praise you and we choose to live in the spirit we have received and to walk in that spirit in newness of life ever closer to you and to your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray all these things, we ask all these things in the strong and the powerful name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
following the benediction and the benediction response and postlude, red, white, and blue cupcakes await you <laughs> under the tree. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.